This is Blasphemous Reviews. I am Jake. I'm KJ. And how would you survive an apocalypse? me play valheim at all i have not watched you like thoroughly you're very um what do you want to call it very descriptive and detail oriented with that and so it's like it's one of those games i personally would want to play myself and it's like man i don't want to watch this motherfucker explain this to me and i'm sure other people love it and they also come there for conversation but me personally no i haven't watched you uh play it. i watched a smidgen where you were working on a house i believe yeah, and you were yeah. going and you were going and you were showing like the outside of the house and then you were going to another place to pick up some shit. Yeah. That's what I remember from you uh playing that. But it looks really fucking cool. It is very cool. I uh I'm in love. It's my new favorite game. It's a good thing. It got you back into that drive, you know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking, it sucks when like Cause you go through cycles of that when you play video games where it's just like you play it. And then a lot of times you'll be like, eh, I'm kind of bored with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that. Which is so that's so why I have so many from, games. Yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, well, I'm gonna buy a new one. <laughs> All right. So different than when we were a kid though, we would play the same game like over and over again, nonstop. And we're totally fine with it. I think it comes to being an adult. I don't know. I always I always think about this. I think about your mind now as an adult and what it was when I was a kid. And I think from not having like next to no stress about life really helps you just have that like okay repetitive state of mind. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I really think that like no worry in the world had you completely content with like repeatedly watching the same shit i don't know if that's like this i don't know you know what i mean yeah yeah there was just you had you had the the ability to just get lost in something no matter how monotonous or repetitive it was right and i think that's um i think that's why i've started to realize that survival games are my favorite genre video games because mine too it takes me back to that time where it was just like you just do you're just like well i have a task you can decide whatever task you want right Mm -hmm. you're just like all right well this is going to be my task and you can do it and you just you just do it however you want take as long as you want and it feels good you know it does and at the end the accomplishment is so much sweeter Yes, exactly. It's so much fucking sweeter. Even if it's just like, I'm going to plant a garden today or like whatever it is, like, you know, you decide something that's totally like insequential to or not insequential. Would it be Um, in un unconsequential? Okay. something like that. I don't know Mm -hmm. where it doesn't really affect the the overall 
progression of the game itself necessarily, but it's just it's just something to do and you do it, you know. Um, so yeah, that's I mean that's I, I I initially I think my initial exposure to a like open world survival game was Conan mm-hmm. Exiles. That was like your first like breach into the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. There's other games I'd played uh, before, like like Dying Light is mm-hmm. I would say it's like a survival game, but um, it's more of like a a zombie survival with a story. So it's like it's less free f- free form mm-hmm. than some of these other like open world survival games, like Valheim or like Conan Exiles, where like they're necessarily there's a goal but like you don't even have to reach that goal to have fun or you could take as long as you want to reach that goal i think it's also just getting lost into the gameplay and i think that's where you were talking about earlier about the garden and i think it's just where you have that pure control of everything it's like you're controlling a world you know what i mean and it's it's your fingers your god in a sense and I think that's really cool because one of the games that does that for me is Stardew, you know, not necessarily a survival, but in a sense it is because you do have to go into the mines and fight off, you know, some crazy looking shit. I mean, you got to eat and sleep, right? And like you do, you start out with nothing essentially. Yeah. And like next to no energy, it's like, it's like you go from fat to strong in a sense because you gain more energy throughout the game and more health. Right. Yeah. So. It's like you start, you know, you work every day in the garden and you handle yourself in the mines and you go fishing. You're only getting stronger each and every day, you know. So it's kind of like it shows me, too, in a sense, with like all of these games, you know, just a little bit of repetition can really change your atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and And that's even in fucking personal life. And like that's what I that's why I appreciate Stardew, though I haven't Mm -hmm. played it. I appreciate Stardew because. Uh, we're talking about Stardew Valley. Sorry. Uh, I appreciate it because it still falls into that realm of the survival, but it's not the typical survival. It's more of like a like an RPG survival where, like, you know, there's more role play aspects to it than there is like raw survival, like, like you would get in some other games. But, um, it let it you know it creates its own its own pocket its own little niche um very much so yeah yeah it's so one, i like it, that it's one of my favorites i mean it, for a survival like you said like and it's one of those ones it's where you collect stuff too and i think it's where yeah. it gets aesthetically pleasing at some point when you start seeing shit fill up and where you know that you can always change i don't know whether the decor of your house or if you want to get a divorce or if you want to wash somebody's mind away because they hate you now because of said divorce or your kid your kids can turn into bats if you talk to the wizard or they turn into birds i think i uh, if i'm pretty sure See, i haven't done it yet that's like i'm i'm 300 hours into the fucking game probably i'll have to look but like 300 hours gameplay time and i'm not even finished with the fucking game I'm sure people can beat it, speed through and all that shit. But like the way I take it day to day, there's so much shit you can do in that world. 
So it's like you make the the choices that you make. And like this is the closest I've gotten to beating the game. And I had to reset it at one time, unfortunately. And then I reset it a second time just because I didn't like what I was doing and I learned something else. So now what I do with this with this gameplay that I'm playing so much of right now is I make sure that whatever consequences I or I take every consequence as they come. I just make the choice and I call it a day. Like I, I right, yeah. don't reset it because if I did, then you're going to be, yeah, I would never reset. finish the fucking game. Yeah. And, so. and um, Conan's one of those where I've made like three separate characters each mm-hmm. time um, learning how to do level up and get stuff more efficiently. Right. And that was the game that you actually brought me on to as well, was Conan. You had me play it on PlayStation with you. Uh, I think we played it like once or twice, but I just knew it wasn't my fucking game. And it's it's not going to be for everybody, obviously. Yeah. But I just remember walking into that game. I thought it was pretty cool. You were about to, you had to like structure a house immediately or some kind of like shelter and you had to get a weapon or something along those lines. Anyways, I remember immediately I'm getting fucking just destroyed by something. I don't remember what it was it's obviously an npc but it was just beating the shit out of me and coming off of like an open world survival like stardew and then going right into something like that where you're just immediately attacked it's not fucking like normal so i did not care for the game at all if i'm playing is very uh harsh yes it's a hard hard world i can believe it just from the five minutes or you know hour and a half that we played together you know fuck that game not for me. It's just not for me. But it's actually really cool. I've seen people do a lot of crazy shit on that game and end up building a house. I think that you can ride a pterodactyl or some shit. Is that is that a part no. of that game? Or is that Ark? That's Ark. Okay. I've played Ark of... before mm. and that was not my game. I don't like that was not so... I don't like r- riding dinosaurs and shit. That's just I don't know. I think that's pretty gnarly. I, I've cool never given that. that game a chance. I've only seen watch play but i don't I would like be the down. art style of that game yeah um and it just i played it and it didn't appeal to me so it wasn't the graphics that turned you off because i think that does it for me for a game as well sometimes the graphics slash like art style mm-hmm. the way that like people look and um the way that um the building pieces and mm-hmm. everything look right. It just looked eh, to me, right? I and get that. I like Conan because I like the lore and the, mm-hmm. the like what Conan is about. Okay. I mean, you get like, you get a lot of different like fantasy type lore built into it in Conan mm-hmm. where like, you know, there's like, you know, werewolves or like uh, trolls or not. Yeah, like troll or a giant. Um, What's that giant called with the one eye? I'm trying to think of his name. You know what I'm talking about? There's a specific name for that dude. He's got one fucking eye. He's always got like three teeth type shit. And he's always got like a bludgeon wooden like fucking bat. Why? I'm trying to think of his fucking name. Gosh damn it. I feel like that's a part of the lore that you're talking about. I do. I I think you're right, but 
but anyways, my my mind is drawing a blank on it. Yeah, mine too. But Conan, I think that would excite me to play that game if I was to get into that game and you know enjoy the lore. It's just the aggression, just immediately that turns me off on the game. I just it's 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 like it's like if you want me to play that game, I'm about it. But let me like build up a level five type shit and then start dealing with like enemies and stuff like that, and you know getting the general basics down of the game. Like I love games where you just jump right in and you have next to no directions. That's kind of like what Stardew Valley was for me, but it's like, let me learn on my own, but don't just like sit there and, and let me just get bludgeoned to death every fucking time I play and then have to rush to go find some kind of fucking weapon immediately. You know, I don't like that shit, but when it comes to the lore, I love that shit. And that's nice. the shit that I that would excite the fuck out of me to play that game. And yeah, I don't know. I just I just wish for a different version of Conan. Well, because like it's that's fucking why sweet. I love Valheim because that's basically it's, it's, it. it's it's got great lore to it to it because mm-hmm. it's it's Viking themed, right? Right. But it's also like fantasy Viking themed. So there's you know different you know different creatures and and stuff that are still you know fantasy based but they're they tie into the viking theme very well mm-hmm. i would um, love that that but means it's uh, not, writers it's, took it's their like, time you can it's similar into conan in the sense that like mm. you're gonna have enemies everywhere but you're not gonna just it's not gonna be like a constant like it's not a constant fight to survive from enemies. Now, I will say I've discovered that I've placed my house next to a spawn point of a group of enemies. Mm-hmm. So for me, I kind of fucked up and have. Oh, uh, most definitely. Yeah. Like every, mm-hmm. you know, if I play for like a couple hours, every like 20, whenever the respawn, which is probably like 30 minutes or so, but, um, I'll have to fight off a couple of them. See, yeah. yeah. I mean, but I mean, it's that... really, it's honestly really easy. And like, it's not like it can, it'll get intense, but not like overbearingly intense. Yeah. Like very okay. manageable. And mm-hmm. at the same time, it's, it's fun because of the way that the combat is set up. But it's not like, it's not raw, like hard combat, like Conan is or other games. It's like mm-hmm. pretty simple, uh, which l- leads to you being able to like approach things differently. Whereas, See, like, I like that where you have to like make multiple choices in a sense. Like in Conan, like it was always like, well, there's there's one obvious way to defeat you know, whatever enemy it is. And like, mm-hmm. if you don't do it that way, then you're going to have a hard time. Whereas in right. this, it's like, you have viable options. You to know. take the enemy down. I mean, th- you know, enemies are weak to certain things, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's, you know. It's the way that you approach it in a it's sense, It's a little right? flexibility, yeah. Okay. So, See, I, I think a yeah. game you would absolutely hate is DayZ. Probably. Right. I've heard me, of it. Isn't it like a zombie? Down. Yes, it's it's zombie. 
Let me break down the first opening. You load up the game, you enter a server. Mm-hmm. You spawn on the beach, right? You don't have any clothes. You are like, all right, well, I have a temperature gauge, a water, a water gauge, a food gauge. Um, so you're telling me you just spawn, you're butt fucking naked, and you have to, and you have just a water gauge and a food gauge and all this shit. Yeah, you got. I mean, you the, know. Oh, the food gauge is like your life and all that yeah, other yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and then a blood gauge as well. Um, okay. So. You're on the beach, right? If you haven't read anything about it, then, fucked, probably. then you'll, you don't know. You just don't know where you are. There's no map. You can't, like, open up a map. Um, you could find a road sign nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in Russian. Oh, okay. Um, I guess I'll call up my Russian friend Valheim. <laughs> and then, and then you got a you just Valdemir. There it is. Yeah. Vlad Vladimir. Vladimir. I don't yeah. know. I said Valheim. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> and yeah, so you got to find food and stuff, um, but you got to be mm-hmm. careful because some food could be rotten and get you sick. Okay. Um, I like see I like the idea of this game. So where is the fuckery coming into play? Well, there's zombies everywhere. Okay. They're very easy to avoid. Um, but you you also start out bare feet. So if you run too much, you'll get start cuts destroying on your, feet. your feet and mm-hmm. you'll start losing blood. Um you have to drink water. You have to find a water source, which are going to be like wells in, like, in towns. This sounds like too much work all within uh, like one game because it's probably can... what's going to happen. You're going to die in like 15 fucking minutes. So it's not even going to take long for you to fucking I loaded the die. game up. I died probably like five or six times mm-hmm. before I even like figured something able... out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. See, no thanks. So what I, I do th- is when I play, I open up a map on online on my second monitor. And if I'm starting a new character, I load up and then I run to the nearest road and run down the road until I find a road sign. And then I correspond whatever the fuck that says on the road sign in Russian to whatever the fuck it says on the map. And find where I'm at, and then try to find. Because it's in, like an interactive map, so you, it'll show you where like wells are and like, you know, police. I stations. might be into that if I had like the map guide like next to me type shit. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. To it's play. the harshest survival game I've ever played, but uh, Dying Light uh, was pretty cool. I played that a little bit with uh, our friend Justin. That was a pretty decent game. I actually enjoyed that. A little Dying too complicated fun. for me. Really? It's a little too complicated. Yeah, just because, like, I don't know. It was just, okay, I wouldn't say it's complicated. I would just say learning all of everything was complicated. And just kind of getting the hang of that game. It's one of those games where you can't just, like, pick it up for, like, three hours, understand it, and then put it down for like two weeks and then pick it back up again. It's not one of those. You have to play that constantly a little while 
So that all becomes muscle memory, kind of like any video game that you play. Yeah, I, but, I don't, I don't think you would enjoy a Daisy because. So, if you find a gun, mm-hmm. you also got to find bullets for it, right? But so fucking stupid. You also have to kind find of. Ma- magazines for it. Okay. Wait, whoa, whoa! You have to find bullets in the magazines. Yes. And then fuck that game, dude. You have to bullets load are cool. The bullets into the magazine, and then load the magazine into the gun. No, uh, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> fuck that game. <laughs> that sounds no fun. Sounds like no fun. It's to me. it's like not fun, and <laughs> and fun. It's it's fun because of how unfun it is. <laughs> oh okay can you play with friends or are you like is it just a yeah, one yeah. online yeah, okay yeah. so that would make it fun for me is like if you i had somebody that can was like build uh, right stuff but like build a life in a sense yeah if it actually you got that serious with it and daisy is really harsh pvp so like you better have a microphone because mm-hmm. somebody's going to run up to you and ask you something and if you don't respond, they'll probably just kill you on the spot. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, I'm good. And I'm sometimes good. they'll like ask you for food, and then you'll go to get food out to them, mm-hmm. and then they'll just kill you while you're doing. Bro, that. I'm not giving up my fucking food. Or like, you'll like, they'll be like, "Hey, like, you know, where are you heading?" Like, oh, this way, and they're like, "All right, cool, I'm heading that way too. Let's run together." And then you guys go run together. And he spent 20 minutes, you know, talking to this guy and running there. And then you turn around and he shoots you in the back of the head and steals all your shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, I felt like I was going to find a friend while you were talking to me. I thought we were going to find a friend. We had life together. We were going to hang out. And then uh, he's just like, you know what? I'm going to tell you this life story. And then I'm just going to blow your fucking brains out. I'm good. I'm good. It's very harsh. It's like. Very harsh, but it's fun, you know. But well, let's rate these games, man. One right. to ten. Let's let's start with Valheim. What would you give Valheim from a one to ten rating for an open world survival video game? Nine. Nine. Solid. Nine. And reasoning, um, it is still an early access game, so it will only get better with time. Kind of like a yes. fine one. I really think it's yeah. going to be a ten out of ten game. Okay. Fuck yeah. I give it a NA. Yes. N slash A. Non-applicable. Right. Because I have not played it, and I've seen maybe a smidgen of fucking gameplay. True. All right. What's the next one? Conan. Fucking zero out of ten. Fuck that game. Actually, you know what? I'm sorry. I'll give it a one out of ten. All right. Because of lore. There you go. That's it. Other than um, that, fuck that game. Seven. Because okay. the lore is great. The world's great. The the amount of content is great. Um the customizable of your character is great. But the combat sucks. Um what else does it lack? Um, it lacks. It lacks 
creativity in building. Now, building is pretty, there's a lot of content in the building, but mm -hmm. the, the, the system itself is not great. And that is a huge minus for me because I love building. So I did. Um, That's why I enjoy like there's a lot started. of different types of stuff you can build. Mm -hmm. But again, the system like you're stuck to a very rudimentary system of just squares and triangles. Um, and that's it. No, gotcha. So 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Stardew Valley. I will rate that a fucking 11 out of 10. I give that because it's one of the games that I discovered from a favorite podcaster of mine, Ethan Klein, and a favorite comedian, Bobby Lee. They were doing a podcast together. They were talking about said game, made me pick it up, and ever since then, I've been in love. I've logged at least 300 hours of gameplay on it within the last two years, and... I will treasure that game for the rest of my life. I've bought it on probably four different platforms as well. I have it on the Nintendo Switch. I have it on the PlayStation 4. I have it on my cell phone. I have it on my computer, on Steam. Um, and I think I used to have it on my Xbox. So, yeah. Like, I fucking love that game. I've also got a beautiful decor of Stardew Valley shit that I bought. And... I have a guidebook. Like, that game's my life. I, it got me out of depression too many times to count. I fucking love it. 11 out of 10. Sheboygan, Wisconsin. <laughs> um, Daisy. Is that what you are going to say? I'm sorry. Yeah. It was supposed to be you. <laughs> uh, I would rate that a also a 7. Okay. Um, the sheer Why rawness of it is mm -hmm. both... A good thing and a bad thing. Okay, so it's entertaining to you, but it's yeah. also just a pain in the fucking ass. Yes. Um, okay. And the scope of the map and the level of detail to the um, the the uh, like status systems, like health there we and, go, and like health and water and. Mm food and blood like you have a blood type your character has a blood type right and you have to you have to find that a, type of blood a blood type test out of thing to find out what kind of blood you are oh wow that and then fuck you can, that game then you can find that kind of blood and use that for like blood transfusions and like stuff like that so okay so like the level of detail and stuff like that is awesome but there's just a lot of like buggy weirdness and like that could be fixed. Yeah. But it's gotcha. been out for like eight years, so I don't think it's gonna get much better. They're not they're not fixing shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so Dying, Dying Light. Light. Yeah. I'll give that oh well actually for Day Z for me, it's also an N slash A. Yes. <laughs> Um, but Dying Light, I will give a 4 out of 10. All right. I I enjoyed Dying Light very much. I liked, in a sense, the complexity of what it was, from, you know, what you could carry in your backpack to the, the driving. Um, 
very wonderful game. I think it was laid out pretty well to play with friends. And I think that they're probably still working on it. I don't know. It came out in what, 2016, 2017? Dying Light did? Twenty originally came out in like 2014, I think. Oh, really? Then they did a remaster. Okay, and so they're probably working been on that number up. two that's coming out, I think, this year. I would probably look more forward to a number two. So I might fuck with that. Yeah. But yeah. Four out of so ten could fix a lot 10. of things. Yeah, could fix the driving a lot. Could fix, uh, I don't know, just odd little ins and outs that I probably remember. Don't remember nearly as much now, but I remember one of the things was the walking and the hiding was a pain in the ass. So, but a gr- great game overall. All right. I would give, I'd give that an eight. Okay. Uh, the reason, because when I played it, I had a lot of fun playing it. And I loved the crafting of weapons and stuff like that. I think I think that was really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that stands out to me the most is the movement, the ability to like parkour and like free run and... Um, and then the physics of actually the parkour was actually really good in that fucking game, dude. It, it really was. was lit. It was so. I lit. was completely. That was some Assassin's Creed slash Prince of Persia type shit, dude. Yeah, and that honestly just takes the fun like up a whole to a whole new level. Like, I, yeah. So that in combination with zombies was phenomenal. Just like, I just like, you could run parkour up a wall and get away, and then jump off, and then like, you know slam a zombie's head with a, a bat full of nails or something like it's good shit it's quality well, quality fun yeah <laughs> good and, the quality. Story, and the story awesome was decent family too, fun so it was wasn't it when I, you started I, I, in like a building or some shit like up on top uh with like some yeah uh group of people and i i mean i played the dlc as well the dlc was a lot of fun. oh wow so. okay and what did you say you give that an 8 out of 10? 8 out of 10. So that's for open world survival. Video games. Fuck yes. I uh, I just love video games, period. So all of those, you know, they all have a little, what do you want to call it? little star, a little speck in my heart. Even though the ones I don't know. They have a little speck in my heart. Because yeah. somebody enjoys them. I'm sure if I watch somebody play fucking Valheim, actually, or DayZ, I'm sure somebody that's really well experienced in that game, it'd be entertaining as fuck to watch. You know? Right. Isn't that right. what the kids do, is watch people uh, play video games? You know? Yeah. Yep. It's, it's, I'm it's... throwing you a bone, dog. Throw that tag out. What up, y'all? Perpetual drips. <laughs> I stream on Facebook like four nights a week. Come hang out. I'm playing Valheim currently. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome, buddy. I appreciate it. Oh. Speaking of surviving. We're going to talk about what we would do in apocalypse situations. We're going to talk about some apocalyptic slash survival movies. Yes. And uh, we're also going to talk about what we would do if we were stuck on a deserted island. Where do you want to go with that? I think we should start with probably the movies. I feel like the deserted island and the apocalypse, 
those are like fucking meaty, bro. You don't want to give meaty. that right in the middle, you know? So uh, let's start with the first movie, though. And we're going to rate these as well, just kind of like we did with the uh, video games. Because at Blasphemous Reviews, we're not blasphemous without a review. Okay. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll take it. We'll take, we'll, t- we'll accept that answer. Um, I am I you no points, <laughs> right? And, and God they... have mercy on your soul. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! But um, I am legend. We'll start with that one. Post-apocalyptic, you know. I'm sure you've seen it. If not, fucking spoilers. And that goes for all of these movies. We're gonna talk a little bit about these movies, so it's all gonna be semi-spoilers. I am legend ruined a Bob Marley song for me. Oh man, you actually just brought a thought into my head that I did not want to bring back. Uh, yes, I it only, ruined the fuck out of Three Little Birds. I only think of I Am Legend when I hear that song. Such and song the and the, the one where it's like it like kind of echoes, you know? Oh, it's so mm-hmm. creepy. How can you make a the- Bob Marley song creepy? Make it sad, bro. Make it fucking sad. God. But great movie overall. I thought it was pretty fucking cool. What's crazy? I don't remember when that movie came out, but the apocalypse happened in that movie because I believe it was like they were trying to cure cancer and then it turned them into like some fucking night walking looking motherfuckers. Yeah. Well, the year that movie was set was 2021. And we have a vaccine really? right now going on for nice. COVID. Lit. <laughs> right. So so lit. Uh, oh, so did shit. you know that I Am Legends based off of books? Yes. Uh, was it a graphic novel or was it just a book? I think it was a book. And then because I think, if I, I if I'm not mistaken, out of it, they probably did. But I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, when I was very obsessed with that movie, I think the writer of the book, I think, I think Will Smith's character in I Am Legend was actually an alcoholic. And that was a big part of like his character. And I know they did not put that in I Am Legend. There's a lot um, that I guess is very different. From the novel? Oh, I'm sure. I'm um, very I sure. heard that. No, I don't know this for fact but i heard that um oh i i heard that um the zombies were like hybrids and they had like their own city and like a hierarchy of like you know like a social hierarchy Mm -hmm. and they were like actually sophisticated and organized that's fucking cool, and that would be yeah, a problem. Right? That would be a problem. I think <laughs> we'd all die. Tried to play on that idea with the the one the being, leading dude that had his yeah, lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but I, it was way more, way more like sophisticated in in the in the book than it is in that. Yeah, because if you remember, he made the trap for him too. Right, yeah. Because like he, he uh, in the beginning of that movie, he made the trap to get one so he could study on it and shit. Fucking um, 
And then that, they that monster took from that him. shit and yeah, set a trap for his ass. And it's like it it blew my fucking mind how no. that works. No. <laughs> like, and you really thought, like, what are you doing over there? Right. This motherfucker's crazy. And he was just destroying it. And that's what I think what makes Will Smith such a defined actor is that scene. That one of that that's a prominent scene right there. Because he's losing his shit over a mannequin and like I don't think you can really just like that's I don't know, man. I think there's only so many people that can make that shit so serious and so powerful. And like My man it's either is legit. He is. It's either you think he's losing his fucking mind when you're watching that scene, or it's like, wait a minute, why the fuck is this mannequin up here right now? What the fuck what, is going what, on? What is this? So really just I don't know. All around great fucking movie, except for when they killed his dog. When he killed his dog, that shit was fucked. Fucked. Yes. Uh, yeah. But great movie Sad. overall. Sad part that I just threw out. But going on to the next movie, The Matrix. Post-apocalyptic. Had no idea till we kind of looked this and researched this up. I didn't really think of it as a post-apocalyptic movie. So that was kind of an eye-opener because if you, you know us or you've been watching our episodes, we did a Blasphemous review on The Matrix. So finding out that it was post-apocalyptic kind of blew my mind. What about you, man? You didn't know it was post-apocalyptic? No, I did not. I had no idea, or at least it never came to mind. And I never thought that it'd be a post-apocalyptic movie. Now looking back at it and thinking about the movie, 100%. Post-apocalyptic for sure. But it just blew my mind that I never put two and two together until we decided to start talking about this episode. You know, um, yeah, it's it's funny. Um, I mean, yeah, I it's the whole the whole kit and caboodle of the whole thing is, you know, set into a a future where um, the re- the the earth was basically humans were wiped out because they decided that they were going to block the sun so that it would starve the robots or the machines from an energy source but the machines just turned them into energy sources right and and but yeah, so it all began with, you know, the machines rising and the humans wanting to destroy them. And so in essence, they destroyed their own world to do so, and it didn't work. Um, such a, wild, such wild a, shit. Such a crazy movie. And going into that, just thinking of the simplicity of it or the simplicity that you see visually in the movie without taking any of the context clues or the deep context of the movie it's just a fucking wonderful movie neo kicking ass straight the fuck up 100 percent um keanu reeves plays neo you got morpheus which is lawrence fishburne i mean i could go on i don't remember all of them but i remember a good amount i don't 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 quiz me motherfucker but anyways my point is it's one of the greatest fucking movies i have ever seen in my life from you know the woman in the red dress to fucking him trying to learn how to jump from building to building from meeting fucking um 
God, what is her name? I can't even think of it right now. Trinity? The Oracle. No, the Oracle. Him meeting the Oracle the first time from him breaking that vase. You know, her saying, don't worry about it. Oh, what? Boom! Knocks that shit over. It was just... It's one of those movies where it's just scene for scene, pound for pound, punch for fucking punch. That movie is just so fucking amazing. And then just the opening scene of that fucking movie, dude. Trinity fucking just in some building working on some shit. Cops come in. She slays every one of them fucking cops. So fucking cool. And then the one part that I remember that gets me every time is just that, that part in the beginning where Trinity flies through that fucking building. She rolls down the steps and she whips out two little fucking guns. And they're, they're pretty tiny. If I remember, I don't know why they were so small. They uh, weren't small guns. No. Okay. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But anyways, so she pulls out those two fucking guns. And I just remember her saying, just Trinity get up and then fucking, you know, zooms and tries to get fucking free, which he does. But it was, it's such Every scene of that movie is iconic. I'm even thinking now about when Keanu was in the helicopter and he's fucking destroying dudes with a minigun, just fucking like crazy. And then Morpheus running to him, he's not going to make it. Fucking jumps, fucking catches him. Oh my God! Movie's the shit! Yeah. We can go on to the next movie. I'm sorry. I'm excited. That's a good um, fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, every scene. How do you feel about the movie? I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, every scene, every line, every shot was very deliberate. And um, that's why I think it's a masterpiece is because like there's nothing about it that wasn't intentional. And there's so much to take in. Mm -hmm. But once you do, it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful story about some terrible shit 100 <laughs> percent um so the next movie 10 out of 10 we're not rating yet bro we rate at the end okay but we'll we'll hold on to your rating we'll hold on to your rating <laughs> terminator i'm not i don't remember anything about terminator i remember t2 very well because i think i watched that one more than i ever watched any of the other terminator movies word but I love fucking T2 with everything. I think that is one of the coolest fucking movies ever. If I'm not mistaken, that's the one where the cop is like a piece of fucking silver. He is played by Robert Patrick. Um, what is so cool about the training of that movie, if you go and watch that movie, so he is considered a robot. Well, I guess in this world or in a world where we're talking about robots, robots don't blink, Okay. So, or the machine doesn't blink, if you will. So what he did to train for that is if you watch anybody shoot a gun, they always blink, okay? They always blink when they're, you know, they fire a gun because in a sense, it's supposed to be a surprise. Well, if you go and look at a scene where he's shooting Arnold, homeboy does not blink one time. He trained himself to shoot a gun without blinking. It is fucking gnarly, dude. That's cool. And then... Another cool ass thing that he did was if you remember the scene, do you remember team T2 at all? I barely remember. Okay. Well, there was a scene where they were trying to chase um, the little boy. I can't remember his name and Arnold out of the mall. So they're in the fucking garage and he's trying to chase them. And what he did to train for this to run super fucking fast. He held his breath while he was running. 
He wasn't breathing in and out. He held that shit and he was just dipping. Like he, yeah, he was a fucking machine, bro. He was a powerhouse. Robert Patrick's a fucking OG. So he bro. was, he held his breath, so it, it would and was just not breathing. Yeah, I guess it's so he couldn't look like he was breathing, or that you know air doesn't like since he was a, a machine, air doesn't he doesn't need air, so he wanted to look like he could be fast without any air. And isn't that fucking gnarly? Like fuck, man. That's so T two, T two is one of my favorite. Um, of those movies. Now, do you remember any of the uh, Terminator movies? Mm-mm. No. Do you have you watched any of them? Yeah. Okay. They're just not memorable in your book, then, for no. post-apocalyptic world. That's fair. That's fair. Um, T two would probably be the only one that's really in my book. They they did too much follow up shit with that the movies. I watched the most recent one, which I think was Terminator Salvation, and it brought Arnold back, and it brought fucking the crazy lady back from T two. Yeah, but the sun wasn't there, which made no sense. And they they made a story about it, which was stupid. I think the uh, Terminator ended up killing him years later, but then he settled down and had like a family and shit, which was fucking weird. But they didn't know he was a robot. Such a weird fucking movie. It was it was something huh. else. Yeah, you'll have to watch, bro, if you want to see it. It's it's probably the, if you go and want to watch another Terminator movie, watch the most recent one with Arnold in it, and it was actually not that bad. So, but going on from Terminator, we're going to go to Castaway. Okay. I fucking love Castaway. I thought that was a great movie. Just in and out how you could literally watch a movie for an hour and a half, two hours with minimal to no dialogue. You know, I just remember this one part, the air caught to it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He was building a fucking fire and like it goes out and, and like he has Wilson next to him and he just looks at him, the air caught to it. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, another but... one that's just as far as acting goes. Oh really takes prime. Some... fucking prime. He goes down as a great man. He he should be one of the greats for sure. Like Tom Hanks is an OG. And everything he fucking plays. OG, I love him. In, bro, I love him in every fucking movie that I've seen with him in it. And I've seen the majority of his flicks. I love that dude. Yeah. He's yeah, he's definitely really good. But yeah, Castaway is a whole nother level movie. That's why it hasn't been duplicated, it hasn't been remade. Because that's what Hollywood's Castaway. about. That's what Hollywood's about is remaking movies, but I feel that um that is one you cannot duplicate or remake. It's just not going to happen. And if you've never seen it, I highly suggest you go see it. The fucking, I don't know, the way they do that movie, it's so well written from him being some kind of exec uh, with you know, the United States Postal Service and then crashing on this fucking plane next to this deserted island. And he has minimal shit. And like they were carrying packages on the plane that he was on. And these packages wash ashore and he tries to use the majority of them. And the shit that he finds and he uses is fucking amazing. Like, for example, he tries to make a boat out of like, so this movie's old. So this gives you an example. Um, he tried to make like rope in a sense for his boat out of VHS film reel. Which, do you remember that? Yeah. Like he did that. I mean, it was just, 
I don't know, man. The the movie's just well fucking written. It's it's yeah. I got no more to say. Oh yeah. fuck. All around great fucking movie. Yeah. Castaway, um, I haven't seen that in a long time, but I would still I would still say it's one of the the best uh, uh films around. For sure. You know what I mean? For in the sure. in the top Top hundo, top fifty, even. Oh, dude, I would love for us to do that kind of podcast. Side note, you know what I mean, like a, like a top, top fifty of all time type shit. We write our own list. Whew. That'd be good. Let, let us know if you want to hear that. That'd be dope. But going on to the next movie, The Book of Eli. I haven't watched this in some years, but it is one of the greatest fucking movies. And if you don't catch it. Like, first time you watch it and you don't catch that he was blind the entire movie, like, you're not going to know the subtle notes. You know what I mean? Like, he, he doesn't show it at fucking all. And one of the key things that he said that's actually kind of a trigger for that, knowing that he was blind, was he said in the beginning of the movie to the girl, I think it was Mila Kunis who played the girl, but he said, walk by faith, not by sight. And... It was one of the coolest things. And if somebody doesn't know that movie, long story short, he has the last Bible that's in this post-apocalyptic world. And he's trying to get it to, I believe it was Alcatraz, where it was like a safe haven or some shit to live. uh, And they were going to reprint the Bible. So it was one of the coolest things because the flip at the end was it was a fucking Braille Bible. And he fucking, he would be the only one to read it because he said blind. But what was even cooler about the flip of that movie at the end was that motherfucker memorized the entire Bible cover to cover. Yeah. That was the coolest part because he, he got into a battle with a guy and he wanted the Bible because, you know, it was because basically in a post-apocalyptic world and there only being one Bible, you can basically turn into God. You know what I mean? You can fucking have people praise you in a sense, worship you, you know, with you knowing that word, that scripture. And I think that's what the dude was trying to have was the power of that book so he could persuade people. But he, you know, got flip tricked in the end and ended up having a Braille Bible. And it was one of just the coolest fucking movies in the last few years that I've seen. And Denzel, another one. God, we're just going down the fucking line of greats, bro. Denzel fucking... Mr. Washington, god damn, what's, every fucking um, movie. What's like if you off the top of your head, what's one of the most recent movies he's been in? That he's been in? It was uh that HBO one that I watched recently that had oh, Rami Malik in it. This. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called at the moment. Oh shit. The little things. That's what it's okay. called. The little things with uh and it was subpar, it wasn't great. I felt like it was like it was a PG version of Seven. Okay, if you remember that movie, I felt a like PG it was a PG version of uh, yeah of Seven. Was it actually rated PG? No, it was rated R. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it was rated R. <laughs> but it was it was not a bad movie. I love Denzel. Period. I think Training Day will go down as one of my all time favorites with him in it. It's just you know. The yeah. famous King Kong ain't got nothing on me. You know what I mean? 
Like that movie goes so fucking hard. It so does. good. You know? Who's, so, who else is that? Ethan Hawke? Is that who that is? Ethan Hawke. And yeah, give that motherfucker praise too, dude. He is He's such good. a great actor. He's such a great actor. And he was great in that movie. But uh, yeah, I just, I love Denzel. But yeah, going back on the book of Eli, it's it's a great fucking movie. I haven't seen it in some time though, but I do remember it very well. What about yeah. you? Have you um, seen that movie? Yeah, oh well, yeah, for sure. Okay. It's yeah, it, and actually my one of my favorite things about that movie is the soundtrack. Uh the soundtrack was made by Danny Elfman, who like Danny Elfman does soundtrack. I think that motherfucker does everybody's soundtrack. You know what I mean? But yeah. specifically the soundtrack for that was so great. They were like mm. it land landed itself to the story phenomenally and just like added the right Power. amount at the right times, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a bunch of times in that movie that I just got chills, and like, oh, for sure. One due to the story in mm-hmm. the movie itself, but also the soundtrack plays a pretty big part in that. I think so. I think soundtracks play a big part in every movie. Oh, I think if I mean, you have a powerful sound, uh, like if you have a powerful soundtrack or a score, if you will, like you know, you can that take can a make... mediocre movie into a, gr- a great movie. Yep. Like, uh, for example, and I'm not going to say this is a mediocre movie because it's not in any way, shape, or form. And this is just a side movie, which is Whiplash. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's about a young man. has to, He goes to this very prestige drumming school, and he has a very abusive teacher. Mentally, physically kind of abusive teacher. Hmm. And the ropes that he goes through up and down and, like, the life and the spiral of the movie, it's just – it's great. If you haven't seen it, Jake, and if you haven't seen it, listener – Please give it a watch. It's fucking wonderful. J.K. Simmons is a fucking tour de force in that fucking movie. I love uh, it so much. Uh, yeah, J.K. Simmons is great too, man. Dude, I think it all started with Juno. That's what flipped his fucking career around. I don't know. I could be wrong because he was J. Jonah Jameson before he was fucking Juno. You know, yes, Juno's dad type shit. So, and before that, I don't even know because I was I was a kid, so I wasn't following actors the way I do now. So, right, yeah. But going on to a couple lighter movies, a couple lighter post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic movie, post-apocalyptic movies. Fuck words. that I enjoy. Right, big words um, that I enjoy with <laughs> Zombieland. Let's just start with that one. Oh, I. I love that movie because I enjoy any movie that breaks the fourth wall and does it very well. And that's one of those movies that does that. And not only that with the rules and the fun they were having with the rules and the and the CGI with that and Woody, Woody Harrelson fucking just Harrelson, Oh my god, bro. it's a day of fucking actors today, dude. <laughs> but yes, that Woody guy fucking Harrelson. Dude. He's an OG. He tour de force as well. All these fucking actors today, tour de forces, man. OG, Every tour, one of them. OG. But yeah, so that was a really good fucking movie. I think that shows Woody Harrelson's comedic side. Not that you haven't seen it before in films, but yeah, it's just fucking great. And the story is really cool how he, they keep getting fucked over and they're all just trying to live life in this crazy fucking apocalypse. It's such a neat perspective on one zombies and two, just an apocalyptic movie. You don't have it all the time where a movie can transition you or give you such a good idea. Like it's cool when you go to the movies, when that movie came out, I think it was 2009 and 
it was really cool to go to the movies, watch a movie like that, go in, and you're basically grinning ear to ear because you can't just wait for what's next or what's next to come for you in that movie. And that was one that did it for me for sure. And it, and getting out of the movie theater after you've, after you've watched such said movie, you can't stop talking about it. And you only have a few of those in your life. And I think Zombieland was one of those for me. Have you seen Zombieland 2? I have. I, I actually have, have. I didn't care for it nearly as much. I think they waited too long for the movie to come out. So I don't think the lost script was strong. Yeah, lost the hype for sure. I don't think the script was strong. Not saying I don't enjoy the movie. You know, it's really good. Um, new actors, new faces in it. It's really like cool. Man too. Yeah. Basically. Dude, yeah. Exactly. Exactly like Anchorman 2. So I just, I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it again. I'm just saying that I definitely watch the first one over the second one every day. And right, that's the yeah. same with Anchorman going into that. I'd watch the first one before I watch the second one. So. Yeah, a million times over. Which and I've that's done. not for, <laughs> right. And that's not for all sequels. I actually have another sequel coming up that's like that, which is Coming to America. I've been waiting for that. And they got a sequel called Coming to America, which, uh, I don't fucking know. Anyways, um, <laughs> Which, you know, I, I'm looking forward to it. The only downfall is, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was John Landis that directed the first one, and he's a great director. I don't think he's with us anymore. Okay. So he, he's not doing this one. Not only that, the first one was a, had a rated R rating. This one has a PG-13. That's a big deal as well, just because like I don't think it's going to have that natural funny in it. The way that like Eddie Murphy and ours, ours, how do you say this? Yes, thank you. I didn't want to butcher it, but yes, that's where their comedic shines because you know they're not filtered nearly as much right. as they're going to be filtered in a PG 13 film. So that sucks, but I'm still looking forward to it as well. So we'll see. That's just like them talking about doing a Beverly Hills cop, you know, another one of those. I'm about it, but it's like if you do it right, like. Make sure you do. Like, yeah. make sure you don't fuck that up. Yeah, don't fuck that up. Those are my movies. I love those. But yeah, going on to the next comedy that is very fucking good is This Is The End. Now, do you remember yeah. this one? Yeah. I, Bro, I love this fucking movie so much. How about you? Yeah. Um, it was really fun seeing all of those people play themselves you know mm -hmm. like play over exaggerated you know, characterized version of themselves but or a caricature of themselves but um i'm sure on their end that was also a lot of fun to film oh um, for sure because you're hanging just, out with your friends yeah you know your actor your buddy friends, friends. you're you know you're just ripping on each other it's, it's creating a story creating a yeah. fucking story like why not like i think about it now like why not do that again why not bring that back to us you know what i mean well they're in heaven now so you know. well yeah i mean you know what i mean <laughs> just another story the backstreet boys backstreet boys exactly <laughs> no i'm not mad at it. it's so much it's so much fun and it's it's great because like there's a lot of a lot of things that that movie covers that a lot of others don't like just because of the fact that they tried to make it feel real like it was you know like an actual you know 
real people instead of like acting like you mm-hmm. know you know what i mean like um and so like the scene with like uh dan mcbride like making breakfast and like using for all everybody food. has no idea the apocalypse is going on yeah um, I love that part because he's just he's sitting there if I'm not mistaken he's sitting there like <laughs> well just the start of him, him like coming into that movie I remember him just laying in the tub and he was blowing out smoke joint rings and then Cypress Hill plays like one yeah. of the dopest fucking Cypress Hill songs and he comes out he takes and, a piss like, and wipes the toilet off with his boot, with his boot. Are you fucking goofy as shit <laughs> It's just, I don't know, man. That movie is magic in every way, shape, or form. I mean, like, even when Jonah gets uh, fucking, uh, what do you call it, possessed by a demon. He's like, what are you going to do? You're going to exercise me, Jay? (laughs) (laughs) The whole movie is good. And, like, every scene was just so funny. Like, Aziz Ansari. Oh, him and Paul Rudd. Yeah, dude. it's just it's so good it's like satirical and funny and also like you know plays on like you know well what would you do if it was the end of the world and then i love towards the end when um they come across danny mcbride and he's got like the little he's uh, got fucking channing tatum as a dog yes (laughs) it's like a it's like a mad max esque like world that he created you know hey, he's living all right yeah they all go to heaven and he's living he's living down with fucking channing Tatum. what's up guys he yeah. just fucking pulls his mask <laughs> off it's like a fool oh dude it's so good it was it's a, it's such a good movie and even fun fact for this movie so it comes to my attention and, and like as we were talking i remember that me and you actually watched that together i'm pretty sure when it came out yeah and when we watched it, me and you actually made a painting, like how they did Rogan and Franco. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the party. I still have that shit. And I think nice. we made that in 2013. So that's like a seven, maybe seven, eight, nine, nine fucking years. Probably. Like, that's fucking yeah. Cr- yeah, fucking crazy. So eight, good. nine years, something like that. So I can't do math. Basic, a lot of, a lot of basic math. Like, I don't know. A lot of people shit on their comedy style oh but i think well then, it, I it's think just not general, your era that, then yeah i think that yeah, movie not was like era. the peak of you know their, i think like, i think they styles. put a brand of comedy on there like improv in a sense they added so it wasn't just that movie i think it starts all the way back up to like 40 year old virgin knocked up fucking yeah, judd apatow and like and uh, all the actors, Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd, um, Ronnie Malauko, fucking, oh man, Steve Carell, even Steve, yeah, fuck the 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 man, the man of ad libs, fucking Steve Carell, dude, like, yeah. So, like, with that being said, like, I think that sparked an entire generation of new comedy, of yeah. ad lib comedy. And I think that's transitioned into different films. I think we lived in a generation where we saw comedy transform in movies. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's funny is like you see a lot of comedies these days, and like they're trying to play off of that, but be their own. Some butcher it, and they suck at it. They mm-hmm. cannot. And I think I honestly think comedies 
are not really a thing anymore. Because I have to say the last original comedy that I watched, one that was actually well written that I gave a fuck about. They and I want to say this now, but I could regret what I'm saying, but like the the most original comedy that I've watched that was obscure, that was amazing and original was Hot Rod. But that's Hot back Rod, in the, that heyday era too. I but I understand. I feel like that was its own original style though. You know what I mean? Kind of. That's I really what I'm saying. thinking about that movie as well. And I think I think it's also... I think it falls into that same genre. Right. Same style. For sure. Like, For sure. I guess you're... But, like, I don't know. It just has its own twist. It really does. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, that's another one. It can't be duplicated. It can't be remade. Somebody's None not going to be able to remake that movie. Yeah. yeah. So... I don't know. And that's the same with this is the end. There's not going to be a remake. I'd, I'd enjoy a sequel. A sequel right. would be cool. Or like uh, like I said, another spin-off movie they just do all together. You know? Something like that. I don't know. But this is the end. Great fucking movie. Um, last one I have on my list is one of the most fucked up apocalyptic movies I've ever seen. I think it's probably on Jake's list as well. We watched this together and it was just it was a twist of fuckery. But it is called the. It was, it's called the divide. It had an ensemble cast on it. I don't remember nearly half the people. I haven't watched it since I think the first time that we watched it together. One and only. That's all you need. One and done. One and done. And there's a lot of movies like that, but this one was particularly like that because what's seen in that movie is like disturbing. And for example, I brought it up to Jake today. And he completely forgot about it. But then I brought a scene into his fucking head. And, like, the way that his face, you know, transformed from the eyebrows raised and all that. Like, you knew that I brought that memory back into his memory banks. And it's just one fucked up movie. And I can't really remember much. There was a landlord in this, you know, apartment in this city. And he had this bunker. And so he tried to save some people. He was a prick. And he did some shady shit. So people decided to do or plot against him, if you will, which they did. And they locked this dude up. And from there, it only gets fucking worse. So it, context, um, a, something happened. and Like a bomb went off or some shit. And yeah, and they're locked in the basement of this building where the landlord lives. And outside... Um, there's like tunnels of like, like hazmat shit going on of like people out there, but they don't know that they're inside of this building or whatever. And yeah, so all the people, pretty much everyone who's in gets locked in that basement is like people who live in that building together. Yeah, for the most part. I think there, like, from the beginning, I think there's people that might have ran into the building. I don't know. So, like, I think it's irrelevant if they live there or not. But I think some of them did because there was a part of that storyline that they gave in. But with yeah, that the, being said... The, the, the main thing about the movie is playing on the, like, psychology of, like, what you would do in a scenario of where you were locked or i say what the worst of people would do in that movie what the psychology behind like 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's one fucked up movie. I don't want to get involved in how like grotesque it gets, but it gets pretty fucking bad. So if you want to see it, definitely watch it yourself. But let's go into the fucking rating game of these movies. So first one we talked about was I Am Legend. I am going to give that one a 8.5 out of 10. How about you, man? 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10? Okay. Yep. I think the 1.5 takes away from me and that fucking dog getting choked out to death. That fucked me up. I don't like or... seeing animals get killed in any kind of you know way. So that's just my heart in a sense. But other than that, great movie. Well fucking written. Just casted well. Ruined Bob Marley's song, Three Little Birds for Jake. So, but yeah. Going on to the next movie, The Matrix. Jake said earlier, 10 out of 10. We know what his is. (laughs) Mine is a 10 out of 10 as well. I love that movie. It is fucking gold. Yep, it is. If not my favorite, in my top three favorites of all time. It's in my top 10. I don't know if it's top three. I'd have to go through my whole fucking you know, life of movies, thousands of movies. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. So Terminator, I, we really didn't decide on which Terminator we're going to talk about or which one we did. I know I talked mainly about T2. So I'm giving that one a eight out of 10. I would give that a six out of 10. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I don't remember a whole lot about it. Um, I do remember a lot of it being pretty cheesy. Okay. Which just lends to the time that the movie was made. So, um, and the, the whole story itself is very, eh, but the action and the way it was made is good. So it's James Cameron, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's fucking James Cameron made avatar, bro. All right. Castaway. For the next movie. I'm going to give that a 9 out of 10. I was going to say same. 9 out of 10. The only reason because... I don't know. Uh, It's not like one that I am in love with or I love and would watch it a bunch. You know, but I've seen it once or twice. And I think it's phenomenal. So, right, it doesn't have. Sure. I don't feel like it doesn't have much replay value. Or like the Matrix, okay. I can watch a bunch. Or like Jurassic Park, I can watch a bunch, bunch of times. See, when so, you say that now, I really need to alter my rating system. Thinking about that, I'm gonna have to look into a, like put some more in depth thought into our rating system, so I can think. You know, have an actual fucking decent rating. It's not like my ratings are half ass. It's just I'm not thinking with that kind of like initial thought. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. But. Yeah, uh, the replay value on Castaway, it's it's there for me. I'd watch it quite a bit. I'm not saying like it's a repeated one like The Matrix. I'll watch The Matrix all goddamn day. Right. But with Castaway, I do enjoy it very much. I think when I give it a 9.0 out of 10, I kind of want to remove my number now and probably go to about a 7 out of 10 just because it doesn't really like have that like, I don't know. It's not going to have the same effect on everybody watching such a film some some people are going to get bored just because you know there's minimal to no dialogue and it might not be their cup of tea so but for my initial rating it 
it really doesn't it has the replay value but it doesn't nearly have it just like the matrix as we were talking about so yeah i'd say if yeah all right seven out of ten is that what i said i think yeah i guess so yeah so (laughs) i changed it up a little bit seven out of ten all right going on to the next one the book of eli i would give this one probably a six out of ten the replay value holds up but i think they could have done a little bit better with the writing in the beginning of the film I think there's a lot they could have worked or done better or did worked on, if you will, like from the action sequences and kind of like the involving state of the character. I would have liked to have liked a little bit. I would have liked to have known a little bit more about Denzel's character in that movie. We don't get nearly enough background story. So yeah, I would like to see a little bit more and, you know, I would have liked to have seen more background story on him. Um, I would give that an eight out of ten. Okay. Um, the story is phenomenal. The concept is one of the best concepts I've ever seen. Soundtrack, everything played out in it. Awesome. It was great. Um, having having the world and backstories a little more fleshed out would have been great, like you said. Mm-hmm. But you know. Solid eight still. All right. Fair enough. Going into our comedy, Zombieland. I would give Zombieland... I'll give Zombieland about an 8.5 out of 10. The replay value holds the fuck up. Like I said, when when they break that fourth wall, it's something that's, you know, rarely duplicated. And with that being said... When it does happen, you have to either be comedy gold at it or it's going to be shit. And they did it extremely well. If anything, I could have enjoyed a long, a little bit of a longer movie, more background story towards, you know, um, the girls. I don't remember really too much. I know they talked a lot about Columbus and they talked about a lot about Tallahassee, but we didn't get too much on them. I think we got more of their story in Zombieland 2. I would have like, well, shit. As I'm saying that, I'm starting to remember a little bit of their backstory that comes into play in that. But that's when they were stealing money from men at gas stations over fake-ass rings. That's right. So, okay, I rephrased my statement on the girls. But I think, if anything, I could have enjoyed a longer movie. I think if worse came to absolute worst, I would have enjoyed a little bit more of a movie. Just because it's like the experience was so fucking good, I didn't want it to end. So, 8.5 out of 10. All right. Um, I will give this one a, a eight out of ten out of ten as well. Um, what was that, Mister Hurley? Eight, eight out of ten. Um, okay. I've seen it probably like four or five times. It's great every time. Right. Um, very creative, fresh, and unique. Up until Holds that up point, still. there wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I still don't think there's many movies that have that style to them. Um, it was fun, but also, you know, um, slightly boring at times. And I think that's the reason why the big draw draw away for me was that um, there's parts in the movie that just 
kind of seemed like you might fluff. whip out your cell phone. You might whip out you know your cell I mean? phone and yeah, just check seemed the time like fluff, type shit. Mm-hmm. And they don't really add a whole did lot just, to it. Did you just fluff a movie? Like, it's like, like isn't that isn't that like isn't that what like a porn star does to get ready for a show? A fluffer? They start uh, working the dude's dick before he gets into the fucking scene. Fluff is just. I'm pretty it's a, it's sure it's a very common term used in more thing, way more things. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. I think that there's also a fluffer for a for a fucking porn star. I'm just I'm just All saying, right. man. All right. <laughs> I don't know that much about porn. Stars. <laughs> um, oh, man. Fluff is used very commonly to refer to things that are essentially just filler. Like you write well, a fluff piece is just like. A fluff. Somebody's fluffing homeboy to fill him up to somebody else. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, anyways, uh, yeah. Eight next movie, Zombieland. Go on. Yeah, this is next the movie. end. Um, I'll give that probably a solid nine out of ten. That yeah. was a great movie. There's nothing really I could say that was wrong with that movie. There was no, there was no point of being bored. Oh, man, just well written all around. Actually, rebuttal that. It's a ten out of ten. Um, probably just it's it's a great movie. It's a great fucking movie. There's nothing wrong with that movie. All right. Um, I'll give I'll give that a, a, an eight as well. A lot of eights today from me, but um, yeah. phenomenal, great. Uh, comedy all around everything is funny uh the the fresh spin of all of the actors essentially playing themselves refreshing phenomenal mm-hmm. the writing is also great um there's a few parts that are kind of like um not as funny as i think they thought they were going to be um just because of it being like um a, like i don't know like attention grabbing comedy or like mm-hmm. dick and fart joke type comedy which i'm not denouncing that but i am saying sometimes dick and that, fart jokes always like they're never going to stop being funny like a well, fart joke is I, sometimes they're not really yeah sometimes there's parts that just aren't you know, you're, just like, you're oh. saying like when somebody sets up for said fart joke and it just doesn't deliver. Is that what you're yes. basically saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because like I was going to say like fart jokes always deliver, but then it's like if you have a an initially a bad setup for a fart joke or a dick and fart joke, then yeah, it's not going to work. I guess so. Sometimes it just doesn't hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a f- just a few moments in that movie that are like, uh, that was kind of a miss, but that's okay. okay. That's fair. So. It's like it's okay because I'm sure there will be something that'll make me cackle here in a couple right. minutes. Gotcha. Okay. Fair enough. And the divide. I'm going to give that fucking movie probably a a zero out of ten. I have no love for that movie. I don't like it. It only it, it transcends from like okay to bad to terrible. To extremely fucked up so it's not and like i like fucked up movies it's not like i don't enjoy fucked up movies i really do i probably have a couple on the shelf um 
But when it comes to like that movie, no, zero out of ten. Completely fucked up. Really stupid. Poorly written. Not my cup of tea. Uh, I'm gonna give it a five. You're, out wow. of ten. Okay. Um, mainly because of the 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 idea of capturing more like the main thing being about the psychology of being trapped with people, right? Okay. Like a lot mm. of a lot of movies like kind of play on that, but not like focus on it. This movie focused mm. on the psychology of people. And I thought that was cool. But okay. the acting was eh. The writing for all the dialogue was also eh. Um, no memorable shit. And and I think some of the events that unfold were more so for shock value than actual like um worthy content you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's fair well i appreciate you at least giving it that and seeing it in that aspect and light because like i think about it now and that does make sense like they wanted to they wanted to show you how people could mentally break down in the worst fucking possible way and, and, and they did that push they it, did that man. Yeah, and they did that 100% and applaud them in that. But in, in, a, in a sense of a movie, no. It's not a good movie at all. It's really right, not. Right, right. It's not. But not like the psychology, movie. yeah, it will fuck you up. It will fuck you up to watch that movie. And how it will make you think of how people might act if we had some kind of crisis happen. Right. Like, and so I, I get that. But still, yeah, respectfully, not even, yeah, zero out of 10. And yours is a five out of 10. So. That is the post-apocalyptic and the survival movies we could think of or that we wanted to bring. I know there are honorable mentions. There's plenty. You know, let us know them. Yeah, shout, you know. shout them out to us. You know, uh, hit us up. Um, so. We'll uh, we'll obviously have a post on our Facebook once this episode is out for you guys to hear. So go on there and uh, tell us some of your favorite um, survival uh, or post-apocalyptic movies slash games. Right. Um, and, yeah, we'll talk about it. Most definitely. Now, going into the creme de la creme of this podcast today, two questions. Very simple. Okay? First one. Three items. You can bring them with you. You're on a deserted island. You're fucked. Life's hard. But you got three goddamn items. What are you going to take? Jacob, we will start with you, sir. Um, an axe. Okay. Um, a nice long, sturdy rope. Okay. And a stainless steel thermos. Okay. I like so, that. The axe, pretty obvious. You, you know, chopping you're gonna, shit. You're going to need wood, so you're going to have to chop mm-hmm. some trees down. But also an axe, um, you can you can take the head off, and you can hold it in your hand and use it as a a knife or to use it like a butcher's knife to chop meat or like bones if you need to or like bones. Yeah. What kind of bones you getting into, brother? You gonna kill somebody? 
Are you talking I about mean, like fish bones? Or animal bones, whatever's on the island. That's true. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, oh, you were getting grim bones. with that shit. I thought you was going to eat somebody. I mean, use those bones to make tools and weapons out of. Okay. Uh, the rope um, would be utilized for different things. Um, I could, for instance, like use it to raise or lower something if I'm trying to build a shelter um, or hold you know, a, a log or um, a big piece of wood in place while I do something or like could be used to make like, you know, a ladder to climb a tree or like, you know, a grappling hook to be able to, you know, climb up a tree or, you know, there's infinite uses really for a rope. Love said rope. Right. Um, I gotcha. And then the stainless steel thermos is actually very important. So, it you can store you can store water in it it'll stay cold in in there right it's a thermos right um it can get it take it it can take a nice beating it's very sturdy <laughs> can take um, a nice beating but you can also hold it over fire because it's stainless steel right mm-hmm. and you can in case you need to heat something up in case you need to boil some water and shit. Okay, then. I see you. You know what I mean? You can boil water. You can you can cook in it if you, you know. Essentially, really yeah. Um, it's so, not like you're going to have SpaghettiOs to cook in the thermos or nothing. Right, but, but you know. I you got can you. heat it over a fire enough to, like, cook. Warm something up. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I fuck so, with you on those. Those are uh, pretty pretty logical. Some of those I didn't even think about, but, like, the ones that I have. So, first one I have is a flint starter. I figured, you know, I take a rock, I have flint, I'll be able to yeah, always yeah. have a fire. There will never, I'll, I'll always have a fire. I'll be 100 there. So, I'll always stay warm, which is a very, you know, concerning issue when you're on the island. Um, the other thing I would take is a giant tarp. So, my plan with this giant tarp is one, to have, uh, you know, protection from the sun. And then, not only that, to collect rainwater. I figured I can collect rainwater. I'll drink. I'll get coconuts. Spark a hole with like what I was thinking was is I was gonna make, I was gonna get rocks and I was gonna have stones and I'd make a stone sharp enough with other rocks and so that would help help me pierce the coconut. So I drink the coconut juice and then I'll be able to collect rainwater through those coconuts and I keep that. And then, um, it like I said, it would also keep me shelter. And then my other thing, which I'm, I'm kind of thinking about this now, but I'm also not, is like a Swiss army knife, but like a Swiss army knife on steroids. Okay, a, a very extremely like expensive, durable, sharp fucking like Swiss army knife. With like different, different tools and stuff built in, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. But like not Swiss army style, like fucking roided out Swiss yeah, yeah. army style. So... I figured I could have that and I would be able to survive on all three of those things because I'd be able to sharpen spears so I could kill fish, you know, or whatever comes my way. I would be able to make more shelter around said tarp. Um, I thought about like with like, okay, so if you think of like a piece of wood on an island, if you find one, you could strip the, um, what is it called? The bark off of them. 
and you can make rope and they're really fucking durable. So I would do that and make protection. It, you'd have to have a lot, you know what I mean? But like it could, it could become very durable. So I, I think we would both. I love the tarp idea though. Thank you. I love the, I love both of ours because it's like if we had all six items, we'd be Gucci. Oh, we're fine, bro. We're, <laughs> we're, like, we're fine. If we ran into each other on the same island, like, oh, you're like, stuck bro. here too, bro. Like, fuck it. That's you, fucking. You got these three items. Empire, I got these bro. This is our island now, bro. That'd be gangster <laughs> as fuck. Um, gangster. So now. actually, that kind of plays into the question I wanted to ask about being stranded on an island. Okay. Um. Would your goal be to get off the island or start a new life on the island? It really depends. Um, you can't really start a life by yourself. Like if it's really just you, I mean, you know what I mean? You, could, you, you know, can, but like yourself until you die, but you know. Right. But I feel like you're also going to go crazy. I feel just seeing the constant like wall of the island will fuck you up mentally. So... In a term, like, no, I wouldn't want to. But also, like, if it was where I could settle down with a wife and we have a kid and, like, I don't know, man. It's just where I wouldn't be, like, lonely. I would have a family and I, I build a life on this said island. And I have, like, this beautiful home that I built with my own fucking hands and all this, this shit. survival instance where you are stranded on an island. Okay. We're not over-exaggerating it. Gotcha. All right. Um... You know what? I would probably, I would probably stay on the island. The reason because it's like I'm already mildly fucking crazy as it is, and I'm in this world. So it's like me by myself, taking care of myself, protecting myself, and evolving by myself on an island. I think that would be amazing because I wouldn't have technology in my fucking face, and I think that would be a wonderful life experience and a wonderful life. Honestly, I do. I'd live on a fucking island drinking coconut juice and rainwater the rest of my days and eating fucking open fish out yeah. of the fucking ocean. So I think my answer would be the same, mainly for the reason that your your chance of survival of staying on the island is way higher than if you were just to build a boat and set out in the ocean to try to get rescued. 100%. Tides could you, fucking destroy you your no, shit. You don't have anything. At least on the island, you have the ability to like, you know, make a shelter and maybe get food. Right. But, like, you, know? so you have more a higher chance of surviving. There's just yeah. such a higher chance. Yeah, so I would just stay on the island and try to make a life there until the off chance or hopefully somebody come by you yeah know, i mean honestly i'd probably i'd probably always have that like big ass help sign i made on the beach you right, know what yeah, i mean yeah yeah like but it's like if, if it doesn't work it doesn't work out you know yeah. because i feel like it'd be that castaway bullshit you know what i mean like you'd end up laying on the floor because your 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 body's uh used to a fucking flat surface for so many years a comfortable bed is not going to work for you yeah. you know you'd be a totally different breed of a person you know, getting picked up after fucking, I don't know, a decade or two decades, you know, of living on an island. Yeah. Gosh. But, well, shit, that is the episode, guys. Um, much love to you guys. Appreciate you. Last thing I would like to say before I'm out of here, because last week we decided to start a fun facts at the end of it oh. all with me. 
Yes. So I brought, I have a fun fact for today and I'm a, I'm a little bit more prepared. So I'm proud of this one. So the fun fact is the wood frog can hold its pee for up to eight months. And if, let me, let me say that again. The wood frog can hold its pee for up to eight months. And so to bring that into perspective, the wood frog is native to Alaska and holding their urine up to eight months is kind of normal um, through regions of the tough long winters before they, you know, finally take a piss. You know, the, the fucking winters are harsh. And what happens is the urine actually keeps them alive while it hibernates because with the special microbes in their gut that recycles urea, I believe is how it's pronounced, which is the urine's main waste, it turns it into nitrogen. So it's actually a good thing that they hold that urine for so long. But it's like, you got to think of how long, right. You got to think of how long that piss is though. You know what I mean? After eight fucking months. It's like when you're at the bar and uh, you're like, oh, I got to go take a pee. And you go in there and there's some guys like leaned up against the fucking, the pisser. And he takes at least four minutes and he's just still pissing. And you're like, God damn, bro. What? (laughs) What the fuck? How long did you hold your piss? I wish I had that ability because I've had to pee for the last like half hour of this. So I'd be like, oh, well, I got, you know. Oh, let me, let me hibernate. I'll say it. got eight months well, left. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, it's been much love. Please uh, search us on our platforms. We have a link tree on all of our social media platforms. Yes. Also, I think it's on our YouTube or probably not. I'm not sure. I don't think so. But you can find our YouTube on our link tree on yep. Facebook and on Instagram. Please find us, comment, throw us some love. Episode answer, 19 answer is these questions yourself. What three items would you bring if you were stuck on a stranded island? And what would your goal be? Would you want to get off or would you make a new life? Also, throw out those video games, those movies, all that stuff that you like that are survival and post-apocalyptic. And we'll chat. We'll chat about it. Most definitely. Well, much love to you guys. Appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Peace.